Wesleyans often think of themselves as descendants of the Protestant Reformation that took place on the continent of Europe with Luther and Calvin. But this is not quite true and results in a confusion of our true identity. We are the religious descendants of John Wesley and the English Reformation. Of course, Wesley was influenced by several traditions, including Lutheran pietism and Puritanism. But he tested these influences through his Anglican tradition. Everyone is aware of the struggles of Henry VIII who made himself head of the English church. But I would like to tell a shorter version of the English Reformation from a Methodist or Wesleyan perspective. Wesley's two closest assistants, Thomas Coke and Henry Moore, said that Henry VIII was an unwitting instrument of God for Reformation, despite his vices, preparing the way for the Methodist revival. Even before Henry VIII's troubles with Rome, the English Reformation was quietly well underway, and not even Henry VIII knew about it. He had no intentions of reforming the church, but reform was at work and developed largely independent of the Continental Reformation. Henry wanted to have a son as a successor in order to preserve England from civil war, but his wife was unable to give him a son, and so he wanted to have his marriage annulled by the Pope. The English reformers were sympathetic to him because they thought his marriage to Catherine of Aragon was unscriptural. Unable to secure a papal annulment, Henry VIII was pleased to find Cambridge scholars like Thomas Cramer who supported him. The irony is that these scholars became his closest allies and were promoted to high places in the church even though Henry VIII did not know them to be secretly advocating Reformation. The English Reformation eventually came to a grinding halt when Bloody Mary sought to reinstate Roman Catholicism. During her persecution, many clergymen fled to the European continent where they studied in reform centers like Geneva. They returned to England after Elizabeth I had become queen, and she reinstated the Anglican Reform Movement, but these returning reformers wanted the Church of England to adopt the views of the Continental Reformer John Calvin, and they became known as Puritans. Now the differences between the English and Continental Reformations were significant. The English reformers were influenced by the early Greek church fathers. These early Greek church fathers emphasized the doctrines of the Trinity, sanctification, and human freedom. These early Greek church fathers defined the essence of God as love because of the personal relationship within the life of the Trinity, where the Father loves the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. This focus on the trinity of divine persons and loving relationship to each other is why sanctification became an important theme with the early Greek fathers. And this theme was carried over 
into the Anglican Reformation. If John Wesley emphasized the sanctifying gift of the Holy Spirit of Christ as perfect love, in contrast to John Calvin's impossible notion of sanctification as perfect performance, he did this because he derived his theology from the Anglican Articles of Religion, Homilies, and the Book of Common Prayer. Whereas Calvin was dependent upon Augustine, who emphasized the oneness and sovereignty of God and predestination. Whereas the early Greek fathers emphasized the trinity of persons as existing in loving relationship to each other with an invitation for all to be saved, not just the elect. Then in 1778, Wesley began the publication of a magazine called the Arminian Magazine. It was designed to keep Methodists informed and to answer the attacks of the Calvinists. Wesley chose this title because his Calvinist critics had labeled him an Arminian in derision. Because they considered James Arminius, who was a Dutch Calvinist, to have distorted true Calvinism. Wesley used this label of Arminianism to disarm his critics. But this Arminian label has misled many to believe Wesleyan theology is a modified version of Calvinism. In fact, Wesley was in no way indebted to James Arminius for his theology. Wesley reported in his journal that a serious clergyman desired to know on what points we differed from the Church of England. Wesley said, I answered, to the best of my knowledge in none. He said, the doctrines we preach are the doctrines of the church, laid down both in its prayers, articles, and homilies. In his sermon on laying the foundation of the new chapel, which was on City Road in, in London, Wesley said, Methodism so-called is the old religion, the religion of the Bible, the religion of the primitive church, the religion of the Church of England. Thomas Cramer largely composed the Book of Common Prayer and incorporated the scriptures into the liturgy so that the common people could become acquainted with the scriptures as they prayed. The scriptures were also the basis of doctrine, and Cramer resolved controversial doctrinal points through homilies, or what we call sermons. So the English Reformation spread largely through sermons. This approach offered a striking contrast to the method of the continental reformers who focused on an abstract style of scriptural exposition and formal treatises. Cranmer also put together a book of homilies in order to instruct the former Roman Catholic priests and monks what they were to preach to their congregations. These homilies became the major source of Wesley's theology. It may be surprising to know that Wesley had more negative things to say about Luther and Calvin than positive things, especially noting that Luther's misunderstanding of sanctification and Calvin's idea of imputed righteousness and predestination, which he rejected. Wesley cited the English reformer Cramer as a source of his theology of justification by faith, not Luther and Calvin. Wesleyans are descendants of the English Reformation in almost every detail of its theology and practice. 
And Wesleyans are modified Anglicans, not modified Calvinists. To show that he derived his understanding of Christian perfection as perfect love from the English Reformation, Wesley cited the Collect for Purity, which Thomas Cramer had introduced into the Book of Common Prayer. Let me close my comments citing this prayer that Wesley referenced. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts be open, all desires known, and for whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of Thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love Thee and worthily magnify Thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.